I know it's early, but we really need to have a serious discussion regarding the Devils on this recent stretch of games. I know Jack and Nico are missing, but it's no excuse for putting up this type of performance. Six to three loss against the Winnipeg Jets. We have a lot to break down today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Goaltending and defensive woes strike again. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey club, a play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. Like I said in the cold open, we need to have a serious discussion about this team because I know the Devils in recent history have struggled on the road in Winnipeg, but tonight's game was no excuse. They came out on the losing end by a score of 6-3, to three, and this was UGLY, ugly to watch in certain aspects. And the Devils gave us some slight hope when they tied the game 2-2, two to two, but it was short-lived after Dougie Hamilton and Luke Hughes made a defensive blunder, and it was the worst fear that people could realize when it came to the pairing of Hughes and Hamilton. So we'll talk about that momentarily, but... I really don't know where to begin for this episode. Like I said, we need to have a discussion because this was just inexcusable. I don't care that Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes are out. It's no excuse for some of the lackadaisical efforts and blunders from this team. Because you look at a team like the New York Rangers, one of the things that people like to rave about the Rangers for is that without Igor Shesterkin, that team would not be in the position that they are. Well, guess what? Shesterkin has been out of the lineup for quite some time. And who's in net holding down the fort? It's Jonathan Quick. Yes, multi-Stanley Cup champion Jonathan Quick, who I will give him his roses, has had a very serviceable career for himself, but he is well past his prime. And look where the Rangers are at. They are first in the Metropolitan Division. So I get that the two star players are out for the Devils, but once again, it's just inexcusable with the brand of hockey that the Devils have been bringing out these last few games because they are now on a three-game losing streak. Okay, I'm going to do my best not to rant in this episode because I do have my notes written down. So in segment one, we're going to talk about some of the lapses the Devils had defensively because I think the main talking point that a lot of people were saying on the telecast and also on social media was that the Devils defense, they were scrambling out there. Like they were scrambling like military fire jets or whatever, or you can make scramble eggs out of it. So we're going to talk about some of the main defensive lapses that caught my eye and some of the blunders that costed the Devils. Then in a segment two, we're going to have a talk about the absence of Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes. Yes, they're going to be a big help for the Devils once they come back from injury, but you cannot just use them as your saviors. There has to be other issues that need to be worked out because the defense wasn't exactly good when Nico and Jack were both healthy. Then in the third and final segment, like I do with every postgame recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So what was the mindset going into this game against the Jets? Well, I'll tell you what the mindset should have been. It was defense, 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 because according to MSG, 
in the last 10 games for the Winnipeg Jets, when we look at dump in receives with exit, they had a percentage of 77.6%, which ranked second in the NHL, and goals off slot plays, 18, which ranked first in the NHL. And as a result, in the previous 10 for the Jets, they have a record of 6 2 and 2. So the Devils really need to step up their game in the four checks category if they wanted any shot of winning. They had to play aggressive defense. They couldn't have these defensive lapses. They picked it up in period 3 out and early, but it was short-lived. That's why the Devils got all the shots on Connor Hellebuck early in the final period of regulation when they were down 3 to 2 and there was still hope left, which begs the question, why do the Devils wait so long to clean up their act or like when they get that sense of momentum when they get their swagger back as Ken Danico was preaching in period two why is it always short-lived why do they always lose it because the Devils tied the game two to two and all the momentum shifted in their favor but then once again Dougie and Luke just had a brain fart defensively and that's going to lead into the next talking point in this segment which is let's analyze three of the six goals that the Devils led up because these three goals really stuck out to me so Let's look at period two when Perfetti scored and made it a two to nothing game. So what happened? Well, you can make the argument and say that the puck was tipped off of Kevin Ball's stick and it was just an unlucky bounce that went into the favor of the Jets. That's fair to say. But when you look at what led up to the goal, notice how the Devils were basically treating the Jets like a cat. They were giving them nine lives. The Devils had poor rebound control. Akira Schmidt couldn't rebound the puck. The defenseman in front of him couldn't rebound the puck and try to clear it and go down to the other side of the rink. That was a big struggle for the Devils, and it cost them. As a result, Perfetti scored. Like I said, I think it's a little more forgivable since it did go off the stick of Kevin Ball, and it was just an unlucky bounce for the Devils. But still, it doesn't lead up to that point if the Devils rebound the damn puck. And now let's talk about another goal in that same period that made it three to two and basically just popped the balloon of momentum for the Devils. And that was the Ehlers goal that got all of Devils discourse in a buzz. So what had happened was that the Devils finally tied the game thanks to John Marino, who I will shout out in the next segment. So it's two to two and it seems like the Devils are starting to get their swagger back. But what happened two minutes later? Well, we see the defensive pairing of Dougie Hamilton and Luke Hughes that we were all raving about and that I was actually personally excited for, but we saw one of the blunders and the cons that could potentially happen when those two are on the same defensive pair. So if you look at the replay, the point of having two defensemen is that one defenseman is supposed to hold this post on one side of the rink and the other is supposed to do the same thing on the opposite side. That's why you have a right-handed and a left-handed defenseman. Why the hell are both of them on the same side of the rink? Why are they both on the far side and neither one of them recognize it? That is just poor communication. Ehlers sees that he's wide open. Akira Schmidt has his body turned towards the puck and it's a wide open net opportunity. And by the time Schmidt realizes it, it's too little, too late. It's an open net goal for Ehlers and the devil's momentum just gone with a flip of the switch. They gave us short hope for two minutes. That is unacceptable. So in terms of the Dougie Hamilton and the Luke Hughes pairing, it's short-lived. I don't expect to see that line anytime soon. And quite honestly, I think Lindy Ruff, with all due respect, would be insane to try to roll that out again. Because here's the pro. Luke Hughes can feed Dougie Hamilton for a slap shot attempt 
And Dougie Hamilton is a great offensive-minded defenseman. Same with Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes has been a phenomenal facilitator. But the con is, is that they're both very bad defensive-minded defensemen. Both of them make laps in judgment. Now, Luke Hughes, he's in his rookie year, so it's more forgivable. But for Dougie Hamilton, what you see is what you get. He's a phenomenal goal scorer. He's one of the top 50 players in the NHL, according to NHL Network. I will give credit where credit is due. But having them on the same defensive pair, as exciting as it was, as good on paper as it seemed, because the mindset for Lindy Ruff going into this game was that Dougie Hamilton and Luke Hughes, they would be the offensive dynamic for the Devils' blue line. And then Marino and Siegenthaler would hold down the fort defensively and eat up a chunk of those minutes. Well, once again, that play proved costly for the Devils. And then in period three, brace yourselves because a lot happened on Connors' second goal of the game because it happened on a power play. So what had happened? Well, Brendan Smith got a little rough with Nemestikov. Crashed him into the boards, and Ehlers, being the teammate he is, he decided to stick up for Nemestikov. Now, I get it. There was no call assessed to the Devils at that very moment. So it's just like the play was still going on, and hockey is a sport where the players tried to police themselves. So Ehlers took the uh, accountability into his own hands to try to stick up for his teammate. I respect that, and that was a big momentum shift for the uh, Jets because they scored two unanswered goals after that. And it seemed like they played their best brand of hockey down the stretch of the game. But what was the official assessment? So obviously both of them are going to be going to the penalty box for a fighting major. But the Devils should be on the power play as well because shouldn't Ehlers be given an instigator call? Nope. The official assessment by the referees was that both of them would go to the penalty box for fighting. That was definitely a given. Then Brendan Smith was assessed a boarding call. So we're talking about that the referees decide to assess Smith his penalty after the play on Nemestikov. The, the, the play is done. It's over. Like, move on to the next play. Like, that should not be the official assessment on Smith. That was a BS call by the Zebras. They missed that one. And then Ehlers gets assessed a cross-checking. So both of them have to sit for seven minutes. Okay, whatever. Both teams play on five on five. But here's the thing. The Jets had nine forwards on the rink at the time. So I'm just like, they have to take, the Devils have to take advantage of that. Why did the Jets only have nine forwards? Well, once again, Ehlers is in the penalty box and Kapari actually got injured early on in period one because the Jets were rolling with an 11 to seven line combination going into the game. So there are only nine forwards on the rink. The Devils should pounce on that opportunity, right? Wrong. Curtis Lazar gets an ill-advised penalty hooking against Connor, and it came back to bite the Devils once again. Yoda Siegenthaler also picked the wrong time to blow a tire. It results in a defensive end turnover by the Devils, and Connor gets a power play goal as a result of another defensive blunder by the Devils. Connor's got his second goal of the game. The Devils' penalty kill is too shaky to be giving your opposition some new life. So I get that the Devils tend to struggle in Winnipeg as history shows it, but the fact that the, the Jets were rolling with 10 forwards for most of the game and the Devils want, were creating good looks for themselves, that's unacceptable. That is such a piss-poor loss. It, it was just really bad to see. So once again, the Jets scored six goals, but those three goals really caught my eye, and I think that's been the talk of the town amongst the Devils' discourse. So yeah, that's uh, how the Devils got themselves into that position. So we're going to talk about like 
When are Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes going to make the return? Because at this point, the Devils need some sort of saving grace in order to like recapture the momentum they had at the beginning of the season and also the preseason. So we'll get to that momentarily. But before we continue, why not make some extra cash to try to make your wallets happy at least? So score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, so a lot of people have been wondering, what's this injury situation in regards to Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Well, Emily Kaplan reported that it seems like Jack Hughes has his eyes set on returning against the New York Rangers. Like that's when he wants to like make his triumphant return. Obviously he has a knack for the bright spotlight. It'll be the first time that the Devils play the Rangers, at least when the games count for real since game seven of the Stanley Cup playoffs in round one. So obviously I'm sure Jack would like to be present for it. But the talk of the town was that Jack Hughes might join the team in Pittsburgh and suit up against the Penguins. And now as for Nico Heischer, he was officially put onto the IR in a corresponding move because Colin Miller is now off the IR. Now, a lot of people were concerned about it. People were saying like, oh, yeah, day by day kind of thing by Lindy Ruff, because that was what Lindy was saying about Nico's upper body injury, which was, it would be a day-by-day basis in terms of the overall analysis. Well, I just want to make something perfectly clear. He sure is going on to the IR, and he's been retroactive since October 27th. So it's not a setback. It's just a paper move. It opens up a roster spot in case the Devils need to go to it. So it's nothing more than a chess piece move by the Devils. Once again, just it helps them in terms of just trying to assess the roster from a paper perspective so there's no setbacks at least that i know of regarding nico heischer's injury but it still raises the question when is nico heischer going to return we don't really have official assessment on it he's not joined the team on this mini two-game road trip jack hughes might join the team on thursday in pittsburgh but a lot of people are saying like once the devils get nico and jack back then everything is going to be peaches and cream everything is going to get resolved Well, I'm just here to say one thing. Nico and Jack will definitely help the Devils in more ways than one because with Nico Heischer, he's obviously a Selkie caliber player. And then for Jack Hughes, he's a heart caliber player. But the thing is, is like like I said early on in segment one, the Devils have to learn how to be a little bit more adaptable because like I, the example I used was that the New York Rangers are without Igor Shesterkin and they're using Jonathan Quick as their main goalie for a time being, who is well past his prime. And yet the Rangers are still atop of the Metro. So I think the Devils need to take a thing or two out of some other team's playbooks because let's turn back the calendars a few months back and remember when the Hurricanes were without Svechnikov during the entirety of the playoffs and they also missed Teravainen for a lengthy period of stretch of games. Well, the Hurricanes still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they eventually lost to the to the uh, Florida Panthers, who went on to take on the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup. But the point I'm trying to make is that 
the great teams know how to be adaptable when adversity hits. And I even said this in the Jack Hughes injury assessment episode when I was saying, like, look, if the Devils really want to be a great team, they need to rely on their depth pieces. And their depth pieces were nowhere to be found in this game. The bottom six players, pretty much useless, with the exception of Andre Pilat. Andre Pilat was on the rink for a couple of the Devils' goals. He had an assist this game, and he was also creating good looks for himself. So I got to just give Andre Pilat his roses. He really did come out to play in this game for the Devils. But as for the other bottom six players, most notably Nathan Bastian, you might seriously have to consider scratching him in the next game just to see how that might shake out because I've been really high on Nathan Bastian. This is probably something I'm going to talk about in a very future episode, but the stats show it. He has not been effective out there on the rank for the Devils. And I guess his fame is being short-lived for a time being. He's getting exposed, but digressing a little bit, when looking at the Devils' offensive inabilities, MSG actually put out an interesting stat. So when we look at the expected goals for entering the matchup, the Devils had a number of 3.28, which ranked second in the NHL. So they're creating good looks for themselves, but the goals for category 2.10, which is 27th in the NHL. Differential minus 1.18, 32nd in the NHL. So dead last. So the Devils are creating good looks for themselves, and that was very evident in early period three, but they can't finish on, on, on any of their looks. Like, they're there. Take it. Like, you can't just rely on the power play to bail you out night after night after night, and I'll talk about that momentarily. So Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes are definitely going to help the Devils on the offensive side of things, but the Devils' is defense and goaltending, they're just two weak categories for the Devils to just not capitalize on their offensive execution. So the goaltending and defense, unfortunately, is not going to bail them out. And that's an area of concern that Tom Fischel really has to consider. I know it's very early in the season, but you might want to hammer out this issue before it gets too late in the season and the Devils' playoff uh, hopes pretty much go out the door. So Akira Schmidt might need to be sent back down to Utica so that way he can marinate a little longer and try to get his act together. Because I've been defending Akira Schmidt. Not all the goals are on him, but on that one goal that went between his body and his arm, you got to make that save. I don't know. I, I forget when, when that happened in the game, but I, would, I said it on the X app that you have to make that save. So remember a few nights ago when Paul Bizonet on the uh, TNT telecast basically said that without the Devils' red-hot power play, they would just be a 500 team or something like that. I guess when the Devils started losing, they're now on a three-game losing streak. I guess I got to take the beer goggles off and say that Biz is somewhat right, which is the Devils' three goals in this game, two came at the hands of power play goals thanks to Timo Meyer and also Dawson Mercer. So once again, I'm glad that the Devils are playing to their strengths, but you've got to find other ways to try to win because if you only get one power play opportunity, are you really going to try to rely on to score a goal in that sort of aspect and then come out with a way with the win, a one to nothing victory? That's not how that works. So Biz is right to an extent, which is the Devils do need to find other areas to try to thrive in, but I'm glad that they're playing through their strengths and they're not like getting shut out or anything. So the Devils power play still remains very good, but they got to get better five on five and they got to get better defensively. And Tom Fitzgerald seriously needs to like consider bring up maybe another goalie from the AHL to just try to shake things up. So 
bring up Eric Shalgren, bring up Keith Kincaid. I don't really know. I'm just putting stuff out there. But the goaltending really needs to get fixed. And I think Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmidt can both agree that they have not played their best games in between the pipe and the defense. Based, I, if I said it once, I've said it a thousand times, but I love uh, using, I guess, food analogies, which is like their, their defense has so many holes that you can use it to drain pasta, and their defense is constantly scrambling that you can make eggs out of it. And I don't know about you, but I kind of like my eggs sunny side up, but uh, digressing a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of issues that the Devils need to work on. Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes will definitely be a big help, but the Devils need to get a little bit more adaptable. And if I'm Jack Hughes... I'm seriously eyeing that game against the Pittsburgh Penguins because don't look now, but old man Sidney Crosby scored a hat trick in one of the more recent games for the Penguins, and they're one of the hottest teams in the NHL. They got off to a very slow start, but they're starting to figure things out. So if I'm Jack, you probably want to put your eyes set on an earlier return against the Penguins. Obviously, if he's only at 80%, don't risk it. But if he is like 99% or if he's close in that ballpark, I think Jack really needs to just like suit up against the Penguins, just stop the bleeding. So that way he can help the Devils. As for Nico, he's sure we're just going to have to wait possibly a few more games. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, this game just proved that the Devils have not been very adaptable and they're relying on just one category to try to get them out the gutter. Albeit it's a good category to be good in, but you need to make some drastic changes. Now, before we continue, I want to tell you guys about Jace Medical. So the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians, get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions, doctor-created, doctor-recommended. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected Jace handles everything from the online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consolation and care. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see what it has to offer to you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Oh boy, I hate to do this, but let's compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade, shall we? So, shots on goal differential, 34 to 31 in favor of the Devils. That's actually a decent achievement considering the fact that they were struggling to get shots on Connor Hellebuck early on in the game. And we saw this in period two when the Devils allowed for the Jets to get seven shots halfway through. The Devils only had one on Connor Hellebuck and one of those seven shots was the result of a goal. Face-off percentage, 52.5% in favor of the Devils, 47.5% in favor of the Jets. Power play, the Devils were two for five. Jets were two for four. Hits, 18 to 13 in favor of the Devils. Blocks, 21 to 10 in favor of the Devils. So if I had to rate this game for the Devils, I'm sorry. I, I think this is the first time I've done this this year, or maybe, maybe I did it against the Avalanche game. I don't really know. But I'm going to have to give the Devils an F. They showed no signs of improvement. If anything, they've gotten steadily worse. And right now, I, I, I don't want to, like, jump the gun on anything. I don't want to, like, overreact. But that was ugly. That was putrid. That was hard to see. Like, take that tape of the game, like, throw it into the river, take it to the zoo and have an elephant stomp on it. I don't really know. 
you got to get rid of that game and just move on to the next one against the Penguins, which is going to be a tall order. Since once again, they are the hottest team in the NHL. Devils have got to try to get their act together because the reason why the Devils were so successful last year and they had a high ranking in the Metropolitan Division is because they went on that 13-game win streak. They had a lot of points to rely on. So they could afford to go on a six-game losing skid. I think the only thing that really came back to bite the Devils for not getting a a few extra points during that six-game losing skid was uh, the fact that they still finished second in the Metro and they beat the Rangers anyhow. So, yeah, this is not the same season. They they don't really have that many points to work with to go on lengthy losing streaks. And once again, around American Thanksgiving time, that's really when you start to see, like, who are the contenders, who are the pretenders, who are the ones that can be a dark horse? Who are the teams that are just counting down the days until summer when the draft begins? And hopefully the Devils don't revert back to it. But yeah, so they really got to get it going right now. And hopefully when Jack Hughes and Nico Heesha return, they could get themselves out the gutter. So let me know what you guys think about the game. Uh, I don't expect anything too highly. So be polite in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMap4 or the show's personal X page app at Locked On Devils. As for this episode, that's what I'm going to have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Better days are ahead, I hope. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. And they had a writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.